the other thing that I had recently started doing and I'm still doing is cookie mix. So <laughs> I'll get like a pound of sugar cookie mix from a store and just mix water with it. I bought a pot for this reason. I have a pot, but I don't <laughs> have a stove. And I'll mix cold water with sugar cookie mix and just eat it for eat dinner. That for dinner. <laughs> Incredible. Absolutely incredible. incredible. Horrific. No! <laughs> it's delicious, but not nutritious. Welcome to the Hiking Through Podcast. I'm Erin Egan, and this is the podcast where I talk to experienced through hikers about their adventures on the trail and strategies for successfully completing a through hike. In a change from the usual, Oats and Legs spoke with me on a recent zero day on the AT. Known off trail as Katie Houston and Nick Pavlot, they teamed up at Harper's Ferry after Legs' original tramway all left the trail. In this episode, we talk about their experience of the trail and how things have changed since they teamed up. We dig into Oats' fascination with dry oats, and Legs waxes poetic about outdoor pantry meals, and some rumor about bears and rain. You can find this episode and all previous episodes at hiking-through.com, where you can also find show notes, photos, and links for any gear mentioned in this podcast. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Oats and Legs. You're doing well on the AT? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we're doing super well. <laughs> we have a little over 550 miles left or something like that. Only a few. Only a couple. <laughs> it's weird when 500 miles seems like not very much. <laughs> right. You're on the short side now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very strange. <laughs> did you guys start hiking together or did you come together and start hiking together on the trail? No, actually, um, we met maybe... So apparently we met at Fontana Dam, which was maybe 200 miles into the trail or even less than that. But I don't really remember meeting Mike. <laughs> so she gave me a half a jar of peanut butter. Because yeah, I didn't want to carry a half a jar in addition to the full jar that I had just purchased. Um, but we like officially started hiking together maybe 400 miles ago. And uh, I guess it was about three or four weeks ago. Yeah, before, like, uh, right at Warwick. Mm-hmm. So, so we've been hiking together since then. So say that one more time because the not unsurprising since you guys are basically on the trail or, or in a hostel, whatever, beside the trail, the reception is a little bad. But you were saying you met on the dam because you had a, was it Nutella or a jar of something? <laughs> I was drinking beer and she rolled in with a six pack. And what she didn't want to carry was a uh, half a jar of peanut butter, and she just gave it to me. And then I met her at Ferry. Which is like 900 miles later. And she did not remember giving me said jar of peanut butter. Yep. <laughs> but, but you remembered her. I did, yes. Okay. Yeah, there aren't too many women that start early. We started really early for through hikers. Um, 
I started February 24th. I started February 19th. Yeah, that is really, really early. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Like lots of snow, lots of rain, lots of really cool days. Mm-hmm. We had a couple nights below zero for sure. How, knowing that you guys are, I'm assuming you, you knew you were going to start that early. So how did you plan for that? How did you pack, prepare for that? So I guess I'll start. Um, <laughs> I didn't bring pants. <laughs> I didn't. Just in general, he didn't bring pants. So I, uh, I bought, I bought a pair of pants um, in Franklin, and I wore them for about a quarter of a day because it was supposed to be really cold. But I get really hot when I hike, so I just left with shorts and one base layer, a rain jacket, and a puffy that I wore for like an hour, and that was about it. But I'm also an exception. I don't get very cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've hiked the past couple of days. It's been rainy and cold. And the base layers that I do have, I have to give in to. <laughs> so, on the other hand, I get very cold. Like, I started the trail with two puffies in addition to my base layers. And so, Legs ended up sending his puppy back. After how many miles? You sent it back in Port Clinton. Hundreds. A, hun- a couple hundred. But um, I had two puffies and a bunch of, like, thermal base layers, and I was still freezing. I, I got very, very cold. And so, like you said, he's kind of helped me out a lot, given me a couple of base layers currently that I am wearing, <laughs> which is really nice. <laughs> that is That is a very... Uh... What is it? Gallant thing to do? It's not worked out so hot for me. <laughs> I, I've decided on this trail that I'm never doing anything chivalrous ever again. Because <laughs> we went down a side trail the other day and I saw like 13 pitches in my hand. I saw mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, so I uh, I stopped her in the trail and said, let me go first. And then two seconds later, I was on my way to the hospital with my hand cut open. Mm-hmm. What happened? I slipped and fell on a, some broken bottles slash beer bottles that were like, I'm on some loose gravel. And um, yeah, cut my hand open 13 stitches later, two hours outside of the ER. was ready to get back on the trail and hike some more. And I said, no, 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 no. We are not hiking anymore today. Because... <laughs> Him and the other guy we were with, Lightfoot, were both like, all right, ready to go back. Like, drop us off. And I was like, no, we're not going any farther. You've gotten 13 stitches today, which he removed this morning. He yeah. removed? I did. I removed him outside of a, uh, when we were resupplying in Vermont. Mm-hmm. He took nail clippers and removed his stitches in the parking lot of a grocery store this morning. Perfect. Completely sanitary and the whole bit. <laughs> of course. Embracing the hiker trash life. <laughs> Speaking of the ha- the hiker trash life, um, I saw, Katie, I think you were making reference to hiker trash Vogue. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you been following twerk or is this something se- separate from that? No. 
So she actually thought that Tiger's <laughs> Rose was just a random thing that didn't exist. I definitely thought that he made it up because we have like we were we were walking through Walmart one day just resupplying, and I saw this banana shirt. It's light blue with a collar, ninety-seven percent cotton, and it has bananas all over it. And I was like. Oh man, that's it. That's the shirt. And he said, "Yeah, that's totally Hiker Trash Vogue right there." And he purchased it. And I definitely thought he made up Hiker Trash Vogue as a saying. And then <laughs> maybe three or four days after I made that post on Instagram, I had like fifty new followers, and I didn't know where it was coming from. And apparently, Hiker Trash Vogue is a thing. So totally. <laughs> I guess that's how I found out about that. <laughs> yeah, so I had to explain to her about the book and the photos and everything <laughs> yeah i know the book just got published it's pretty kind of it's pretty cool yeah it just came out like i know i mean i follow waterbound and i know she's in there a bunch um keeps yeah so she's in there a bunch and uh that kind of got me started with it but yeah we've definitely i've fully embraced the hiker trash life and i'm pretty sure Oats has as well i'm working on it <laughs> So for sure. What's holding you back at this point? What's holding me back from the hiker trash? Yeah. Um, from fully embracing. Wow. From fully embracing. That is such a good question. We have recently been going into town a lot and we get very mixed reactions walking into places. So <laughs> um, I remember before I met Legs even, I was hanging out with a couple through hikers, the abbreviation clan, R-D-K-O and I-T. And um, we ended up going to a Mexican restaurant and it was like a really rainy day. And we stayed there for maybe three hours, just eating an immense amount of food and drinking an immense amount of beer. And this couple got seated right next to us and the restaurant was practically empty. And they literally got up within 30 seconds and walked to the other end of the restaurant to be seated. And we were like, ooh, we really are getting to be hiker trash. <laughs> it took that long for them to move to the other side of the restaurant. But yeah, we've, uh, we generally meet really nice people in towns. And uh, I just fully embrace it. You do. You do. I mean, as of now, I mean, in my hands wrapped up from the injury, I have a hospital bracelet on. <laughs> my beard and hair are just out of control. So she has said that I look like Ace Ventura. He from... looks exactly like Ace Ventura, pet detective. Oh, because wow. I have this yellow ball cap that I put on him, and it matches the banana shirt, which goes along with the hospital bracelet and the bandaged up hand and the short shorts. So, Ace Ventura. <laughs> Perfect. Too too bad you've already been call- you've already been dubbed legs. I know. Yeah, that was day one. I couldn't. Escape oh my it. god! And every day after. True. <laughs> it probably goes along with the the no pants rule. Yeah, I mean, I tried to. At first, I was like, Ugh, such a lame trail name. Well, what is your full trail name here? As I'm understanding, it's not just legs. There's, I have a lot of show names. Um, <laughs> it's been double O legs because I take a lot of double zeros. Mm-hmm. Um, the owner of Middle Creek Campground named me Sweet Darling Legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is there? Biscuit, Stitches. 
Yeah. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, but most of the time it's just legs and, uh, I don't really embrace it, but we've been a lot of places and people are like, Oh, I didn't know your name, but we were calling you legs from across the bar because like you were in short shorts and your legs show it. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of, uh, a guy that's hiking Halo. He was the first hiker I ever met, um, this year at the lodge. And he took a picture of me to send to his wife. And I asked him to send it to me a couple of days later when we got kind of separated and he sent it to me and it was just from the waist down. It was just my legs. <laughs> and he was like, he sent it to his wife and he was like, this is what my legs will look like when I'm done with the trail. <laughs> and like, she's such a sweetheart and she was laughing and she was loving it. But yeah, so that's, uh, I guess I'm, I guess I embrace it now. You got to own it. I do. I try to, I guess. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and what about oats? I... Was, so I started the trail February 24th and my first night on Springer Mountain Shelter, because I did the approach trail, which is an extra nine miles or something. Mm-hmm. Um, my first night, I, I'm i cold camping, which means I don't have a stove. And so I just got out this little bag of oats, of oatmeal that my grandma had packed me. And I just took my spoon and I just started eating it. And the three guys in the shelter just looked at me bewildered and they were like, what is she eating? And I was just like eating dry oats. I guess people usually cold soak. Yeah. They usually like put cold water in if they don't have a stove or something. But I was just like, what are you guys looking at? Like, I'm just eating my dinner. And so pretty quickly I got dubbed oats. And it's short, easy to remember. I liked it, even though I am so incredibly sick of oats. Um, (laughs) So it's not entirely fitting anymore, but my trail name, I love it. It works. (laughs) Did you ever go to cold soaking your oats or were they always just dry? Never, never cold soaked. They were always dry. Yeah. I, um, I did a couple shakedown hikes and I, it was never worth it. It was never worth bringing a stove. And I worked for the ATC last year, so I'm pretty much as I'm, I'm pretty stickler for the rules as far as if you have if you're cleaning your pot you should like bury the wastewater six inches deep in a cat hole a quarter mile from your campsite and so all of that was just a very big hassle for me and so I never wanted to bring a stove it was never my intention and now that I'm hiking with legs he just boils water for me so this works out perfectly and she still complains about the burden of having a stove. No, I don't. She loves when there's a water boil for every night. <laughs> you give her a hot food. I'm That's sure. True. I do. I do love it, but it's still not worth carrying a stove. If legs like left me yesterday, tomorrow, I would still not carry a stove. I still support my own decision. <laughs> right. But in the meantime, you've got the best of both worlds. Exactly. You are so right. I filter the water and get to siphon his fuel. It works out really well. You you figured out a trade, a barter system. Exactly. Exactly. Not many people know how that works anymore. So it's a good thing. <laughs> I would have to sit there with the Sawyer and I just start my stove up and pour some water and mm-hmm. she's happy. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> okay. So, so you mentioned the rules. What, what are the rules? Like ATC rules? 
I guess if that's what you're referring to, but, but you've now mentioned, you've, you've thrown it out there. So I'm, I'm, uh, asking for clarification. Sure. So, um, as far as leave no trace is concerned, and honestly, I don't quite remember reading this anywhere. It's just something that's like been in my common knowledge for the past 10 years of going hiking and camping and all of that. So don't quote me on this ATC if you're listening, but you're supposed to cook your food a quarter mile from your camp and you're supposed to deposit of any wastewater in a cat hole that you dig that's six inches deep and you have a bear canister, hopefully, that you leave a quarter mile from your campsite so bears don't come and eat you in the middle of the night. And so I actually hiked with a bear canister for the first 950 miles um, of the trail, which I was the only one that I met, or I mean, I was the only one that carried a bear canister that I met throughout the entire 950 miles. Legs, I don't know if you met anyone else. Well, no, because I mean, like the big thing was it rained so much early on in the trail and the bears don't come out in the rain. <laughs> yeah, that's that's apparently the thing that I've been missing is that bears don't come out in the rain. But that's the urban legend. <laughs> no, no, it's truth. Like, the bears <laughs> don't, truth. They don't like the rain. They don't come out. So there's no need to have a bear canister on the AT because it rains so much. <laughs> That's only, that's only what I've been told. Uh-huh. In what I believe. Right. But anyway, I sent my bear canister home after 950 miles. <laughs> I did have a really good time in the Smoky Mountains, though. Uh, there was one particular day that it was maybe 35 degrees, raining all day. So just absolutely miserable. It was 5 p.m. And I was just freezing cold, did not want to go back out in the rain. And I just looked at everyone in the shelter. And I just, like, rolled my bear canister <laughs> Like 30 feet outside of the shelter and I was like well that's my contribution for the day <laughs> like that's all I need to do whereas they had to go out and like hang all of their food but <laughs> so you had the last laugh until you dropped it yes yes until I sent it back with another five pounds worth of my winter gear at Harper's Ferry but yeah what time of year was it when you hit Harper's Ferry Ooh. Was it May 1st? I, I got there May 1st. So I got there April... 30th? Yeah. 30th. 30th? Yeah. yeah. Today was. Yeah. Yeah, I got there a day before him, which is where we, like, officially met for the first time at Harper's Sherry. Okay. And what number of hikers were each of you? So I started... I, I don't know. I kind of think this is cool, but I left... Uh, when I checked in at the start, I was 166. And when I got to Harper's, I was 83. So exactly half of my number. Yeah. And I was um, 2.99 at Amicalola Falls. Mm-hmm. And when I reached Harper's, I was 76. Wow. So I'm a loser because she left after <laughs> me and got there before me. <laughs> yeah. How, how did that happen? Well, a part of it is definitely I had an Achilles injury the first three weeks of the trail. So I, I made it roughly to Harper's Ferry. I stopped like maybe 20 miles before Harper's Ferry. And um, I had really bad shin splints coming out of the Smokies. And I had a really bad case of Achilles tendonitis. And I had to be off the trail for about three weeks. But luckily, I live in Asheville, North Carolina, which is my hometown. Um, And so I could just stay in Asheville for three weeks. And then I kind of did the math and like figured out where my tramily was at the time. And I just bumped up 
to Narrows, Virginia. So I actually have a 350 mile section of the trail to finish after I reach Katahdin. I take a lot of zeros. And is your plan to go back and do it? Oh yeah, I'm going to go back and do it. So the job that I have, I I need to work maybe mid-August to mid-September. And then I'm going to do that 350-mile section as soon as I get done with my job in mid-September. Okay. And yeah. then you said you were saying, Nick? Oh, I just take a lot of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> take way more zeros than I ever thought I would. Double O legs. But I don't regret any of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like the guys I was with early on, like, they would just be like, Hey, let's take another zero tomorrow. I was like, okay. And, uh, <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, we were like, we would do, we would do a stretch of a 32 mile day, a 28 mile day, a 35 mile day, and then zero for three days in a row. So all those big mile days were just completely worthless because we just worked <laughs> for three days in a row. But it's been, you know, it's been fun. It's been, there's just been so many towns around and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, before I met Legs, I had zeroed three times, and one of them was for food poisoning. And how did you get food poisoning with your? Okay, this is actually a good story, I guess. But I um, so I don't have a stove. I eat peanut butter and tortillas. But one night I was staying at the shelter, and I was in a period where there weren't many through hikers going through, and I met this section hiker named Five Star. And his trail name was Five Star because he made five star meals. And so he would pack out wine. He would pack out like really nice beef. And basically he was like, so I have all these ingredients and I can make two portions of this really amazing Greek beef broth. Uh, do you want some if I make it? And I was a hungry through hiker. I was like, absolutely. That's exactly what I want. And so he made two servings and I ate it and it was really yummy. And then the next day I Nero'd into a hostel called Four Pines and I got really bad food poisoning and I had to take zero the next day and I couldn't eat for a week. I lost 10 pounds, which is a lot for me because uh, I'm, I'm currently at, I've gained maybe three or four pounds since I started the trail, but losing 10 was like a really big deal for me. But yeah. Anyways, that was my my food poisoning experience. It was awful. And then now that I've met legs, I've zeroed maybe six or seven in addition to the three <laughs> that I had in the month before. <laughs> he's he's convinced you to the dark side. Well, <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. It's, it's a vortex. Because, I mean, like one of our Neros, we did 15 miles. We went to an ice cream shop, we went bowling, played pool, went to a brewery, and then camped at a drive-in movie theater. <laughs> oh so if God. you're not doing that, if you're not doing that, I don't think you're doing the AT right. <laughs> that is pretty epic of a day, I gotta say. It was so much fun. And maybe like two hours before we made it to the ice cream shop, we realized that there was a thunderstorm coming in, and we were like, we can make it we'll just hike really, really fast and make it to the ice cream shop. And we literally, maybe an hour before we got there, it started pouring. The sky opened up and he was in like a t-shirt and these little shorts 
and I was in these little shorts and a sports bra, and we were just like running through the woods in this thunderstorm, and we passed a couple hikers in full rain gear, just like rain pants and a rain jacket and the hood up and the pa- like the the rain jacket thing over their pack. Yeah, just everything, and we just like go. Hey, how's it going? We're going to get ice cream. Bye. And just run past them. <laughs> and we make it to this ice cream shop right as the thunderstorm ends. And so it was just, but we were laughing the entire time. It was one of those, like, hilariously get, ironic days. To only get some of the most amazing trail magic ever. That's true. Yeah. So we get there and um, these two guys, young guys, um, usually trail magic are retirees or people in their like middle-aged people that wish that they could hike the trail, but just aren't at a point in their life that they want that they're there. And so there were these two kids, like two guys our age. And um, one of them came up to me and was like, Hey, I, I did a long ass section hike last year. Can I pay for your ice cream? And I was like, I mean, sure. Like if you want to, that sounds amazing. And the place only accepted cash. There was a weird problem with his card. And so he was like, I'm sorry, I can't. And I was like, that's totally fine. And so he left. And then his friend, after me and Legs get the ice cream and are sitting outside of the venue, this guy runs up to us and goes, that is for the ice cream. And just throws $12 cash at us and just runs away. (laughs) Like yelling about how he needed to catch a bus but wanted to pay for our ice cream. And so it was just like the funniest trail magic experience like they just felt like they needed to pay for our ice cream because they did a long ass section hike last year yeah, pretty awesome. yeah like it's, he was like trail karma just throws it out <laughs> <and runs> away <laughs> so solidarity sweet. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> was there a reason that you guys both started so early on the trail my re- uh, yeah i mean i so i started early just because like so I guess I would say I left for the trail knowing very little about it. Um, I was supposed to do the PCT last year and got kind of sucked into a job out in LA and then made my way back to the East coast and was like, I'm going to do the AT now. And pretty much just didn't want to be a part of the bubble um, mm-hmm. for what little I knew. And I have friends there in the bubble now that have gotten neuro and all that stuff. And I was just like, yeah, if I leave early, I'm not going to be going all summer. And I'm kind of ahead of the board, I guess, was my big thing. I started early because I, the job that I work, I, I go across the country and I work a couple different shows. And I got off February 20th. And I was like, well, I might as well just start the AT. And because I worked for the Conservancy last year, I had a lot of push to kind of uh, to do a flip-flop, which is where you start halfway and go either south or north and then go back to halfway and do the other half but because it was mid-february i and i hate the cold i decided to not do a flip-flop and start in uh start in georgia instead of west virginia in late february for obvious reasons um it's still pretty cold yeah, it was still pretty was cold say. but it it was not as bad as it would have been having done a flip-flop but um, yeah, I definitely started early because of my ATC background and knowing that I didn't want to be a part of the bubble and also finishing early. Like there's a lot of pluses to starting early, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, my I started uh, February 19th. It was beautiful. Sun was out. It was gorgeous. And then I had five days of rain. <laughs> and I started right after his five days of rain. <laughs> and then uh, probably about another week or two later, I was in knee-deep snow. It was pretty cool. <laughs> you guys were in knee-deep snow in the in the mountains in the Shenandoahs or whatever yeah so when I was skirting like the Tennessee border North Carolina um coming into Irwin I, we were supposed to get a wintry mix and we woke up in the morning and we had a tarp over the shelter in the front and uh one of the girls that was there that night uh Cedar she woke up early and she I woke up not too too long after it was probably 5 a.m and she was like do you want to look outside? Cause I haven't looked yet. And I opened <laughs> it up and it was like, what you would expect on like the most beautiful Christmas morning ever. Not when you want to go hike 20 miles. And uh, yeah, so I was the first one out of camp. And so I was making trail for everyone and got lost a couple of times and finished my day at uncle Johnny's and Irwin with no shirt on drinking a beer because it was 70 degrees off the mountain. Wow. Yeah, so it was, pretty, it was uh, quite the roller coaster of weather that day. <laughs> that That is crazy. It, your your conversation or your, your talking about how cold it is just is reminding me how cold the Sierras are or how snowed in the Sierras are this year. Yeah, so we're really excited. So, like I said, I wanted, was supposed to be the PCT last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess... Last week, we decided we're going to do it together. Yeah. Uh, next year. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So He's she, a good adventure buddy. So, and we're not sick of each other yet. Yeah. So, it seems to be going okay. So, and I work in restaurants. So, I was like, going to go home to the family restaurant and dehydrate all the meals and hope the cold doesn't bother her because it doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I really wasn't planning on doing any other through hikes except for the AT. It's something right. I've kind of wanted to do my entire life. And I live really close to the trail living in Asheville and maybe 1100 miles into this trail, I decided, you know, this is pretty awesome. I really enjoy doing this. And so um, I decided I wanted to hike the PCT even before I met this guy or before I remember meeting this guy. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's just super convenient that we both wanted to hike next year. And, uh, I know that it'll make my family feel that much better that I'm planning on going with someone or having someone there because they were really not excited about me doing this alone. Doing the AT alone specifically? Yeah. I I mean, yeah, doing any long distance hike alone. They were incredibly scared. They actually called the Rangers on me when I was in the Smoky Mountains. (laughs) So... (laughs) I I live with my grandma who's 85 and I love her to death, but she is a worry board like most grandmothers are. And so Mm -hmm. when I left, she asked me to make sure that I contact her every three days. And I said, no, (laughs) because you don't know, like I have an iPhone, which stinks. And so you don't know how long the battery's going to last. You don't know if you're IT mobile. So you don't know if you're going to have service. You don't know. I, I also have the um, spot GPS mm-hmm. where you can send a text message, like a pre-written text message to whoever you want saying, hi, this is Katie. I'm doing okay. Everything's fine. 
But when I was in the Smoky Mountains, it just so happened that the weather was so terrible. The reception was so terrible. I just couldn't get any kind of service, whether it was my phone or my GPS. So I could not get, even though I tried, I could not get any message out to them. And so I went through in four days, which is really fast for people going through the Smokies because it's like 75 miles or something. And it's so early in the trip or whatever. But uh, on halfway through the fourth day, I finally get reception and it's multiple messages from my mother, from my grandmother, from my father, from Fontana Village Resort saying, hey, your mother contacted us. We're getting a search party together. How are you doing? I know. And so I had to immediately call them and be like, hey, I'm coming home. I have shin splints and Achilles tendonitis. We need to talk if I'm going back. And so obviously I did end up going back. And we did have a talk. (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, they they really did not want me to go initially. They were really worried uh, even a couple weeks in, but it's gotten so much better. They finally kind of understand that I'm with a bunch of people that know me, that expect me to be certain places. And if I'm not there, they're going to know that something is wrong and can kind of go from there. So it's it's nice knowing that my family now trusts the trail to take care of me, uh, which is really sweet. And that was obviously happening before you started hiking with legs, Mm -hmm. but I'm assuming you were hiking with some sort of trail family at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um, So they are actually, I definitely slowed down um, because that's initially what gave me my injury was I was pushing 20 to 25 miles a day in the first two weeks, which is not something that you're supposed to do. And I thought I would be okay with it. I thought my body would be okay with it, but it wasn't. Um, And so they kept up with their pace and they didn't get injured, which is super fortunate. And they just made it through the whites. I checked on Instagram today. I checked on a couple of them, Um, Togs and Katmandu and uh, RD. They all just made it through the whites, which is super exciting. And they're probably two weeks, a week and a half ahead of us. But yeah, they were my original family, and I love them, and they're getting so close, which is so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) How many miles did you start with, Nick? I started off pretty slow. So when I left, we had like a pretty good group uh, at Springer Mountain Shelter, did the approach trail, and we all kind of met up, and it was a full shelter. And it took me into like Gatlinburg until I kind of started spacing out some miles between my initial tramley only because like I would have a goal. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go like to this shelter and I'd stop two shelters beforehand and they'd show up and they'd be like, Oh, we thought you'd be gone. I was like, I couldn't leave you. <laughs> Cause they were just also awesome. Like I had peach and gopher, which was a dad who just retired. And then his son who just got out of grad school for horticulture and they're both horticulturists. So it was super fun hiking with them, like learning about all the different trees and plants and flowers that were growing. And like, it was just a great family. And then post Gatlinburg, I was just kind of a foster child of the trail. And I would just be with the family for a couple of days. And then I would either leave them or they would leave me. 
and I just kind of bounced around for a while. And then it was just really four of us for most of the trail. And then there was a uh, disaster at Front Royal and all three of my family members all quit within 24 hours for various reasons. What happened? Was like, uh, there were some girlfriend visitations that kind of pulled them off trail, some injuries, some money issues and whatnot. But one of them is back on trail. Um, he just got back on at Harper's Ferry to hike with one of his friends. Um, but yeah, there were four of us that were together for like hundreds of miles. And then I got into Front Royal and it was just like one after another. They just all disappeared. And I went from Front Royal all the way to Harper's Ferry just pretty much solo because there was no one around like shelters by myself campsites by myself and then met up with everyone back at harper's and fresh grounds which uh i don't know if you know who fresh grounds is but he's Mm-mm. the most amazing trail angel mm-hmm. um so i was lost about 35 pounds on the trail met back up with him and put on a good 15 or so <laughs> just getting fed at every road crossing Mm-hmm. Um, and he's up in Maine now, so he's a little far ahead of us, but I talked to him yesterday and I think he's going to hang out in Maine and wait for all the nobos to kind of catch up and go through him again. Um, which is awesome. He's like the greatest guy ever. Mm-hmm. That's fun to see trail angels or trail magic, whichever way you want to look at it consistently up the trail. So you kind of check in with somebody. They're, oh, they're yeah, watching their progress or their senior progress. Yeah, I mean, so I, my first run-in with Fresh Grounds was at Blood Mountain back in Georgia before even going over Blood Mountain. I came out of the woods like... That's a, like three days in. Yeah, a drowned rat, <laughs> just rain, rain shell soaked, just to my core soaked, came out. He had a wood-burning stove going. He had Kool-Aid. He had hot dogs and grilled cheese within like a minute of me being there. And then I just never saw him again. <laughs> And then I get to Harper's Ferry and all of a sudden he's there again and was with another, I was by myself for like a couple hundred miles. And then he was there with 10 other people, a brother, two brothers from Maine, two sisters from North Carolina, a PCT hiker, Nemo, um, and uh, a couple retired guys. And it was just fantastic and did about two and a half weeks of just slack packing and eating good and running around and just it's amazing like yeah it's awesome what people do for this trail whether it's you know come out for one day and cook burgers on memorial day because they're a former through hiker or someone like fresh grounds who's been doing this for six years now Mm-hmm. and having worked for the atc i really appreciate fresh grounds because there's there's certain trail magic that is kind of frowned upon as far as how people conduct it. So leaving a cooler out in the middle of the woods with food and drinks and that kind of thing, even though it's very well intended, is actually very dangerous and detrimental to the trail because you can spread Noro that way. There's going to be wild animals coming to destroy your cooler and eat the food and the, therefore get more accustomed to coming to the trail. and so. I really appreciate Fresh Grounds because he really makes the effort to, okay, the second you get here, you're going to put your hands in this bleach in solution bleach, yeah. and <laughs> you're going to rinse them off and then you're going to sit down and I'm going to serve you everything onto this single plate that is yours. Mm-hmm. And he's just, 
he is incredibly um, mindful of all of the ATC regulations as far as like advice as far as the trail magic goes. He also had a bad case of neuro a couple years ago. That's true. <laughs> he's very, very particular. He ended it through like due to neuro and he's very particular about it, which is mm-hmm. so perfect. Which is good, which is yeah. a very good thing. I, I wish more people like took his approach to all of it. Yeah. He was, he was scared straight, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, when, when you had like your entire trail family drop out on you almost in the course of 24 hours, how were you with that? Like how, what was your mental kind of thing with that and, and, and moving forward without them? Like, so it's kind of, it was definitely a bummer. So basically, yeah, what happened, we, we came into town and we were just hiking and I get text, we get a group text from one of them. And he was like, my ankle's killing me. I'm done. And then I was like, all right, you know, that's understandable. I get that. And then, it, like I said, it was just like the contagious burnout. And the, the you know, other two went. And um, I was definitely in that kind of like gap of no one being around. There wasn't really a bubble behind me. There wasn't one before me. So I had and a couple friends. contagious too. Yeah. So, I mean, there were, you know, Oates was up ahead. She was with uh, another hiker, Cedar, with Lightfoot, who I had met early on, and just a couple people who really hadn't been a family yet at that point. And basically, they were texting me kind of at the same time while it was happening, like, hey, we're here, we're here, we're here, where are you? And it was kind of like a, I'm 60 miles back or I'm this far back. So, I was just kind of like, well, they're gone. So I now just have to do 30 miles a day, basically every day to get to Harper's. And I with almost the idea of, of connecting with people or connecting. Yeah. Just, just, with just catching group. up with them. Like, cause I was coming through like the roller coaster where bears then was, and I was 60 miles, 59 miles back. And I was almost at bears then. And they were like, Hey, we're going to go into Washington DC tomorrow. If you can make it. <laughs> I questioned doing a 49 mile day out of just stupidity. <laughs> but then I got to bears. I got to bears then. And I was like, okay, that's just a dumb thought. I'm not and, doing that. And the roller coaster is this 14 mile stretch, which 14 miles isn't it's that much, easy. but it's up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down, et cetera, for 14 miles. And it's steep, the it entire is. thing. And so there's like giant plaques on either side that are like, you're about to enter the roller coaster. You must be an experienced hiker. You must be like this experience to hike and that kind of thing. First off, it's dramatic because it wasn't. It's very, dra- it's very dramatic. That's true, but it's fun. <laughs> but regardless, yeah. So basically, that was kind of my mentality was like, all right, well, they're gone. It is what it is. I had, you know, a great 900 miles with them and I'm just going to push on. And whether it was me pushing on by myself or whatever, but then I had friends up ahead that I'd met randomly along the trail. So I just kind of pushed to that and pushed all the way to Harper's. And uh, yeah, and that was kind of my, my whole thing was just like, you know, I don't hold it against any of them. Like uh, Webster was one of the guys I started with at Springer Mountain. He's 19 years old. He did it on his own and whatnot. And I was like, I'm not going to take this away from you. Like you did almost a thousand miles of this trail. It's a lot more than anyone has done, mm-hmm. you know, it's sitting there on Facebook or whatever. 
and the trail's not going anywhere. If you want to come back and pick up and do sections or whatever, just do it. Or if you just are done with it, that's, you know, you got what you needed out of it. But for me, there, you know, you know, my answer to anyone when they're like, you going the whole way, I always just say, that's the plan. Um, Mm-hmm. Cause I know tomorrow I could, you know, I fell down, I cut my hand open, but I could have fallen down and cut my ankle or cut my foot or whatever, but, and I get hurt tomorrow, but my plan is to go all the way. But if something stops me as far as an injury, that's about the only thing that's going to stop me. But yeah, so they, you know, they fell out and they did what they needed to do. And I'm still out here doing what I want to do and happy where I am. And 540 miles from the finish going slower than expected but really good <laughs> i don't miss like the 30 mile days <laughs> doing 15 mile days because i don't do 30 mile yeah. days so yeah. <laughs> waking up i actually ran into someone the other day his name's b and we were at springer mountain together as well and he was doing 30s from the start and ran into him two weeks ago and i never thought i would see him again and he's like yep ran into somebody and said you should just slow down and enjoy it and not do 30 miles a day and you should do 10s or 15s and he's just having a ball mm-hmm. and that's kind of what, where I am now yeah I, I it's interesting that you say that because in having these conversations with people so many people are talking about it. and grant you I think at a certain point when you get your hiker legs and it just the miles just flow by it's almost like you don't think about doing 20 or 25 miles or whatever because it just flows. But mm. I was thinking about all everybody talking about the, the stories of, of doing the 20, 25 miles and kind of not necessarily rushing, but getting through it so fast. And I was like, but I want to stop and enjoy it. I mean, as much as you can enjoy through hiking for six months, mind you, but I want to enjoy the process, enjoy the the time and the experience and go slower, go for longer, but go slower. Absolutely. I mean, like, so before I met Oates, I didn't take breaks. <laughs> like so, he literally did not take breaks ever. So if, like I left the shelter say, at 7 a.m. And my goal was to get to the shelter at 5 p.m. It was just seven to five hiking. There was no stopping. He wouldn't even stop to filter water. Like he would just drink a liter of water for the whole day. Yeah. And the other day we stopped at a beaver pond for two hours and watched like three beavers swimming around and like goofing off in the pond. And it's been awesome. Like I didn't realize breaks were so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why? Why? I guess that that makes me ask you the question because, because going like from seven to five, I mean, yeah, I kind of joke with people that it is a job. Like you're through hiking is a job, you know, you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But, but you definitely were treating it like a job. Like you go to the office and you hike for, for, you know, however many hours until you get to five and, and then you clock out and you're done for the day. Like where, where did that, mindset come from or or what, what was um, that's a good question i mean i think like i was just like well you know like my pace is between like three and three and a half miles an hour and if like i stop like it's gonna go down from there so i just keep going and then like early on it was good because i would get to camp first i'd build a fire and everyone would just roll in and there'd be a fire going and they would get warm and whatnot 
so like that was like good for me like i loved coming to camp like i said building a fire and just everyone set up and ready to go where oats on the other hand she feels like when people are like oh it's like your job she doesn't feel that way yeah so when i initially started um like first week on the trail i have this really tiny tramily of me rd and flash and one night we were sitting around at dinner and rd goes yeah i just i just have to finish like i know i'm gonna finish i know i can physically do it like i'm just gonna do it and i was like yeah but why and then he was like well i just have to like i just i i just gotta push myself to do it like i know i can push myself to finish and i was like well i'm doing this for fun and i i don't i don't say that in the way that I think I'm doing it better than anyone else, or I think I'm doing it the right way or anything like that. Cause he is incredible and he just made it through the white Flash just made it to Maine today. So they are both incredibly far ahead. They're going to finish. They're incredible humans. But when we were sitting there, I was like, if I stop having fun for more than a couple days, I'm going to go home. I, I am out here to have a really good time and to meet incredible people and to go on incredible hikes that I love doing. And if that stops, then I'm going to go home because I can have a better time doing something else. Some people, I, I don't know. And so I guess you don't know that you like long distance hiking until you start doing long distance hiking. But I mean, if I was taking the trail, like RD and Flash are taking it, just like, waking up and hiking and going to bed and waking up and hiking and go to bed, even though like they do have really fun things in between, but I don't, I don't think I would make it like I would have gone home by now. Um, but meeting the people I have taking the breaks that I have and, uh, and all of that has really just made the experience for me. It's all fun. I haven't stopped having fun. Um, yeah, that's kind of a mentality on it. Well, and I think your description of your day today is like a perfect example of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> what sent each of you out to the trail in the first place or what what drew each of you to the trail in the first place? Um, well, when I was about 10, my parents enrolled me in this outward bound kind of led course um, called TASC, the American Adventure Service Corps. And we would do service projects, but on the weekends, we'd also go do hiking and camping and canoeing and spelunking and just like really exciting things. And I was in it for about five or six years. And I just realized how much I absolutely love the outdoors and growing up in a place that was in such a close proximity to the trail. I just, it was something I always wanted to do. And I graduated college last May and I, I knew that this was something that I wanted to do. So I worked full time. I saved up the money. I worked for the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. And I, if anything, fell more in love with the idea of through hiking. And I knew I would love it, which is, I guess, why I'm out here because I love it. So there's nothing, uh, you're not trying to prove anything to yourself or, or anything like that. It's just purely, or it's, it's just, surely the love of of the the experience yes exactly yeah i'm if 
if I was trying to prove something to myself, I I would have done a marathon day by now, but I haven't <laughs> done a day, honestly, but I haven't done a day over 25 yet. Like I've done a 25 mile day and I hated it. <laughs> I don't want to do it again. And so I, I tell legs. So I have a couple ground rules to keep myself mentally happy on the trail and not burnt out. And so my ground rules, which have kind of changed, are I'm done hiking by six, except now it's more like seven because it's lighter in the evenings. I take breaks. I eat snacks every day. I, I take breaks to eat snacks. I drink at least two liters of water. I stay in a hotel or a hostel at least once a week and get a, get a shower. Yeah, I mean, I guess those are just my ground rules. I think that's all of them. But I've kind of imposed them on legs just a little bit. Because <laughs> um, if it's after seven, <laughs> there was one day we were hiking and um, <laughs> we were maybe 20 miles in or something. And we had maybe a half mile to go, something ridiculously small. And we had taken a long break. And <laughs> so I was just being dramatic. But we were hiking and I looked at my watch and it was 6.02. And I just sat down. I just sat down in the middle of the trail. And I was like, all right, legs, I'm done. That was it. That was our hiking for the day. I'm not going any farther. <laughs> just because it's my ground rule. It keeps me happy. But obviously... I can go another 10 minutes. I was just being dramatic. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's nice that I realized how to keep myself happy on the trail um, yeah. as soon as I did. Because if I had kept up the pace that I was going the first two and a half weeks, I would have dropped out by now. Like I, I already know it. Like I would have been unhappy and I would have left. So I'm I'm really happy with where I am. But yeah, it was nothing about proving anything to myself. I'm out here to have fun and I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you, it seems like if you had kept up that pace, your body would have made the decision for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess it kind of did. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Um, I really just came out here. Um, my dad will probably say the first time that I ever heard about Chris McCandless going into the wild. I know it's kind of a lame mm -hmm. thing, but I made him read that book and, you know, kind of introduced him to that. And it was right when I was in the military. And he would say that, like, when he actually asked me about the trail, he was like, you've been wanting to just do something like this forever. But I did, for the past two years, I traveled around in a school bus. So I did the whole school conversion and was on my way to L.A. to hike the PCT with a schoolie and got sucked into a job in Los Angeles and realized that I hated the corporate life <laughs> and, you know, was just kind of back on the road traveling again and was actually at an REI in my hometown in Pittsburgh and just kind of talking to someone who worked there and was like, yeah, you know, especially the PCT, this and that traveling now, like my, my school bus is gone. So I had an RV now and he was like, we well, should do the AT and even coming from the East coast. Like I didn't really know what the AT was. Um, which is kind of weird because I was very familiar with the PCT, yeah. um, knew about the CDT, knew about other stuff. Didn't really know about the AT. And uh, kind of that day was like, okay, maybe do this. So I drove to Damascus mm -hmm. in, the, in my RV and was hanging out in Damascus and did the knob and Dragon's Tooth. And when I was in town, someone was just like, hey, are you hiking the AT? And I was like, no, but maybe next year. And they were like, well, you totally should. 
and uh, kind of just needed like a mental reset and everything. So February 19th, I started the, or the 18th, I did the, no, the, yeah, the, the 19th I started because I went down and did the, the, did the stairs at Amicalola and went straight to the lodge to get a beer and some food, <laughs> stayed the night. It was going to be beautiful the next day. So went out on a nice day because I knew it was going to be rainy, but yeah, just kind of like a little mental reset. And yeah, that's kind of my reasoning and definitely doing the PCG next year. CDT would love to go to Europe and do some of, yeah, mm-hmm. would love to go to Europe and do some of like the, you know, their, their long trails, which obviously are a little shorter, but would love to just, you know, be a hiker for life. <laughs> you guys should, uh, or you, you guys should, should do the TA. Uh, I'd be open to it. The what? <laughs> the TA? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, not the transatlantic, the Te Aurora, the New oh, Zealand. Okay. From- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we, I, yeah we, talked, we actually talked about that mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. I actually um, met someone named Recon who literally went from doing the New Zealand Trail, coming straight to Amicola Falls and starting the AT with 20-mile days. Um, and he caught me in the Shenandoah, so I'm sure he's far ahead, but... Yeah, he he went straight from one to the other, which is super cool. Yeah, I uh, literally a, a couple of weeks ago now, I talked to a woman named Puff, Puff Puff, um, who did, she did the, the what was it? The, oh God, I'm totally forgetting it now, but she did like the PCT, then she did the TA, and then she cycled on Australia, and then she came back into the AT. It was like this wow. cycle of long distance travel it was crazy yeah it was absolutely crazy but it was amazing (laughs) yeah i'd like to basically triple crown and then either do a canal boat in europe or just a sailboat and just cruise around the country or cruise (laughs) around the world rather and just kind of hike around and just kind of bebop around now when did when did you get out of the military uh back in 2008 so I've been out for a while. Got it. Now, when you kind of reached out to me, you had mentioned uh, being a veteran, and, and you had also mentioned PTSD. Yeah. So kind of how is that going and, and whatever, being on the trail? and It's actually been going incredibly well. Um, had like one little hiccup at Harper's Ferry, but outside of that, it's been just like tremendously helpful. And I've met so many guys out here. I want to say just one female who was prior service, but seems like we're all kind of out here for the same reason for that kind of mental reset. And that was another reason uh, my ex, she has a lot of military friends who have hiked the trail, whether it's the PCT or the ET that have just had tremendous success of just like, that mental reset, just being out there in the, you know, I'd say early on was more in the wild and in the wilderness. Um, as of recent, it's been more towns and whatnot, but just the people I've met out here have just been incredible. Um, unbelievably supportive in all aspects. And it's just been really good. Like even my mom, like she doesn't really do anything on social media, but she started like an Instagram account just to follow me. And she texted me <laughs> right before Harper's Ferry. And she was just like, you look 
the happiest you've been in like the past 10 years. And, uh, and I think I've, I think I feel that way. I think I've been super happy and it's been, yeah, it's just been awesome being out here. Like just kind of decompressing a little bit and just kind of getting rid of some of the, this, the baggage, I guess. Yeah. How is it helping you reset? I think it's like, I don't want to sound like lame that it's like, just been organic because I know it's like a lot of people say that like your trail name needs to be organic and just let it happen and whatnot. <laughs> um, but like I think a, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think a lot of it is just like a lot of the stuff that would bother me or like things that like my short fuse and kind of things like that. Like I've just been able to detach a little bit from, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been, it's been just super incredibly helpful. And like, just realizing a lot of the um I guess the connections that I didn't have before or that I couldn't make before that I've been able to make again which has been pretty awesome you're meeting with people yeah yeah like I mean, where I was okay. more closed off and um you know relationships that I haven't been able to have in the past or like even just being open with people or whatever just more closed off like I've just been able to just be super happy and just open with people and like just feeling better about things and having feelings again. (laughs) And I don't want to get too deep, but like, yeah, it's been kind of a thing. You don't want to go too touchy feely woo woo. I mean, we can, but like, I mean, I just, you know, there's been like, you know, I mean, I had a therapist say like, do you think maybe you're just an asshole and you don't have PTSD? (laughs) And yeah, Yeah. kind of messed up, but regardless, you know, like, I've had connections with, you know, friends that I now have that I'll play out for the rest of my life when yeah. my best friends in high school, like I can't connect with anymore for whatever reason. You guys are different people. Exactly. But this has definitely helped me like, ground me a little bit and uh, yeah. yeah, opened me up a little bit again, I guess. I, I, I've heard a number of people say something, some variation of, you get onto the trail and you meet people. And even though you don't know these people, somehow you have this connection to them and you have these most profound, deep existential conversations with people you may never see again, but somehow it's all safe to have these type of conversations. And it happens almost instantly. Yeah, definitely. There's been a couple of times that I've talked with, men in their mid 60s just randomly like I'll meet them that morning in the middle of hiking and we'll hike for maybe three or four hours together and we get three or four hours is an incredible amount of time to get to know someone if you're just talking and so and you you genuinely want to connect with them and so we'll get into incredibly deep conversations and I'll like understand their relationship with their kids and they'll understand my relationship with my partners and it's it's just incredibly interesting kind of the specifically for me the generational gap uh between uh the the retirees the recent retirees that are hiking the trail and people like me that are in their early 20s hiking the trail like i really like talking to people like outside of my age range and connecting with them because it's not people that i usually would get to connect with in my normal day to day life not that they're there or whatever to to give advice, but I'm assuming that that they've ha- had some life lessons that through the course of conversations you guys have 
have heard, what, what kind of life lessons have they, have they expressed to you? Um, one that's specifically coming to mind for me when I got back on the trail in Narrows, Virginia, right after my Achilles tendonitis, I was doing 12 mile days, which was killing me because it was half the speed I was used to going when I initially started the trail. Um, I met this woman named Whisper and she had taken a vow of silence or I guess a vow of whispering because she would whisper to me, but (laughs) she um, was maybe in her early forties and she, yeah, had taken a vow of silence for a year while she did her Appalachian trail through hike. And she was another solo woman, which is, incredibly rare for early nobos, early northbound hikers. And I was expressing to her how difficult it was for me to just sit there and watch my family go by and watch people go by and not be able to make any connections with them because they were hiking 20 miles a day. They had their trail legs and they would say hi and bye. And (laughs) like getting those connections was really important to me. I really love people and I love making those really deep, intimate connections with people. And so when we were just talking at lunch one day and I haven't, I haven't seen her since I hadn't seen her before. It was just one lunch that we had. And she, she just told me you're here for a reason. This happened for a reason. And the people that you meet behind you are going to give meaning to your aloneness right now. and. I don't think I understood what she meant until I got to Harper's Ferry and I met Lightfoot and I met Cedar and I met Legs and I met the people that now feel like family to me. And um, yeah, it's, it's just incredibly sweet having those intimate connections that I craved then and knowing that she's right. (laughs) Like I just, I, she's so right. Like whether I had gone 20 miles a day and met a tramway ahead of me or stuck with the people I have now. Like, yeah, it, it just worked out perfectly. The trail definitely provided. I have no idea where she is, but that was, that's something that stuck out to me as advice. A, a shout out to her. Uh, a thank you shout out. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to whisper. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Nick? I would go with smiles before miles. Um, someone told me that very early on and one of my early family members uh peach would always like he would message me all the time when we got separated and he would just be like remember smiles before miles and uh it took me a good couple hundred miles before i started really smiling a lot and scaling back the miles i guess you know i really wasn't (laughs) but i started having a lot more fun and not really focusing on like all right, I can do, I got 21 miles. I can do it in less than seven hours. You can just cruise through this, like whatever. And I definitely started enjoying it. less on the mission? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because that was my whole thing early on was like point A to point B, point A to point B, point A to point B every single day. And uh, now it's definitely, especially more just like, whatever happens today (laughs) happens. And as long as we have fun doing it, that's the most important. And the miles come. The, the miles will always happen because we love hiking. And the root of it is we're going to get on the trail and we're going to be hiking because that's what we enjoy doing. Yeah, and like she was all stressed out today about like 
finishing on a certain day and I started mapping out the next two weeks of our hiking and you know she realized we're ahead of schedule and doesn't need to stress as much and mm-hmm. um, you know we say all the time like are people having this much fun on the AT because we seem <laughs> like we're having a lot of fun um, and I think we're doing it right because we're you know in the last 500 miles and enjoying it and taking days off and sitting around for three hours watching beavers cut trees down and swim around and (laughs) be silly and just enjoying it. Mm -hmm. You're experiencing it. Exactly. Yeah. Not just like, all right, 20 miles today, 50 Mm -hmm. miles tomorrow, 18 the next day, 25. Actually just like, you know, if we do 12 today and we wanted to do 20, whatever it is, what it is. Mm -hmm. And I do want to be incredibly clear that we're not trying to like invalidate anyone's experience that is doing like 25 or 30 mile days because I have a ton of friends that are like, I came with a mission to push myself. I want to be actively pushing myself and that kind of a thing. And so like I 100% respect what they're doing, but it's just a very different mission than like what I'm on or what legs is on. Yeah, even though. I mean, it involved. It, it changed from when I started. Yeah, um, exactly. Same. You know, I sat down at the lodge my first day. I was like, all right, I'm going to go through the approach trail. I'm going to go past Springer Mountain Shelter. I'll probably go to like Hawk Mountain. And I sat there and the, you know, the ranger, the volunteer that was there was like, you should probably do eight miles a day for your first week. Don't go further. And I sat there and was like, hmm, sounds pretty good. So I did about eight to 10 miles every day. And I met a great family and they're, you know, even though they're far behind, we talk every couple of days still and we keep in touch and, I'm so thankful that I met them and had I not, you know, just taken it easy and just pushed forward, I would have never met them and I wouldn't change where I am now. You know, even my friend, you know, my original family that bailed out at front Royal, I wouldn't change any time that I had with them. And it's all been awesome. Everyone's on a different journey. Exactly. Yep. Hike your own hike. (laughs) Yep. Now, you guys were mentioning keeping in touch with people, um, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm assuming is exchanging numbers or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever handles so that people can DM and text and, and whatever each other. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what's happening as you guys make connections? You're exchanging whatever you want to call it, <laughs> connections yeah. or contacts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely more prevalent in the first third of the trail or so you you really make an effort to make all of those connections and keep up with people's hikes and me and rd and flash from the first week still have a group chat and we'll text each other all the time about where we are and where our mentality's at and that kind of thing um but i can't name a through hiker that we've met for the first time in the past week honestly um and that's not out of apathy that's just out of we have so many people that we're keeping up with at this point it's kind of hard to continue to meet people the entire way um not to be like super nonchalant about other people's journeys but (laughs) um yeah instagram is the easiest because most people update their instagram yeah i mean i guess i guess that's mostly it it's the easiest man like i mean my one friend she left two weeks behind me and she started with like 
800 followers and she's a female hiker and I checked and she's now like 10,000 because she's just hiking the AT vlogging for the track and whatnot when I met Legs he was like why don't you put hashtag women hiking on your posts I never even thought about it like I hadn't used hashtags since my entire Instagram career Five hundred miles into my through hike or something, I didn't know about. Yeah. Ha- I mean, like I guess I knew about hashtags, but I never used one on an Instagram post ever. And in the past week, I've gotten an extra hundred followers just from using yeah, random women hiker girl to hike and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Why not? But yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, like Instagram's the best. Like it's not the best. I don't want to say it's the best, but it's the easiest as far as like easiest. Yeah, you, know, you can just throw your story on there, and you know, I can keep in touch with my original family and mm-hmm. you know i have a couple friends who are they started kind of in the bubble and they're either behind the bubble or in the bubble and can just kind of check in to see how their neuro is doing and whatnot <laughs> yeah how are your guys's bodies doing we're pretty good yeah we're pretty good um I've- she had seed poisoning <laughs> i've been i mean i have a steel trap so whatever goes in i'm fine <laughs> I had two friends who had neuro so far. They were in that like 30 mile neuro bubble back mm-hmm. in Irwin about a month or two ago. Yeah, I had, Ooh, I just dropped the phone. Um, <laughs> I've had a little bit of a rough time because like I had the Achilles tendonitis for three weeks. And then as soon as I got back on, I had food poisoning and then my headphone just fell out. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up getting like a persistent UTI, which is incredibly annoying because yeah. every, oh, and a staph infection. Like it's, <laughs> it's been kind of difficult because I finally stopped picking my mosquito bites. But for the first <laughs> 1400 miles, I picked all of my mosquito bites. <laughs> Her motto was if I scratch them off, they won't itch any longer. And I was right. But <laughs> then I, I had a staph infection, so I had to actually stop. <laughs> and um, as far as, like, trail legs go and everything, our bodies are pretty good. Like, your feet are going to hurt after 20 miles, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And if someone says they don't, they're lying. <laughs> like, I just have trouble standing up. Mm-hmm. So I fell and got 13 stitches, but I still wanted to hike after me. That's true. And that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I mean, feet hurt after 20 miles. That's also my other little ground rule is I don't hike after 20 miles-ish. Like, I'll make an exception if it's 23 and it's a big deal. Like, I can do it. Mm -hmm. But 20 miles, your feet hurt. So why would you hike after 20 miles? Uh, Right. Yeah, I do my my 20 and that's it. But after our zero today, my feet feel very good. (laughs) Another insane zero. Yeah, another unplanned zero, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, as you as you've already said, you're you're ahead of schedule at this point. So yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're day or two ahead of schedule, and we're sleeping in a barn, a horse barn, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Nice, and we love it. <laughs> yeah, a very sweet hostel. There's some really cute hostels everywhere. <laughs> this is the first hostel we stayed in since we met, right? Um, yeah. The first hostel. So you've been staying in hotels then? Yeah. Hotels are okay. 
just nothing. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we've stayed in a hotel since, or a hostel since Harper's, right? Yeah. Since, yeah. Since, um, T-Horse and Harper's. Mm -hmm. There haven't really been that many hostels between. No, there haven't. It's, it's not just because we were like, oh, well, we'll just stay at the hotel. It's better than a hostel. Like, no. no, Like there were so many down South. And then kind of through Pennsylvania, there weren't really too many? No. After after Harper's, there were hardly any hostels at all. Yeah, it's kind of like a little hostel drought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, then it's nice to be in one that is that is nice and quaint and and, uh, and a barn, no less. Yeah. And, I mean, like, as, as cool as the place can be, as cool as the accommodations can be, like all that matters about hostels is the people that own them and the people that work there. Yeah. If there are cool people that genuinely love hikers, you're going to have a good experience. And if they're like nickel and diming you for everything and are very, and as much as I can understand, you know, making sure that the hostel keeps running, but if they're like, Oh yeah, it'll be 25 cents for that Ziploc bag plus tax. So mm-hmm. that'll be 27 cents. You know, uh, <laughs> it really matters who runs the hostel and if they genuinely want to give hikers like a good experience. And this guy really cares. Like the hostel we're currently at, the Green Mountain House. He's really, really sweet. <laughs> He's like, so we have pancake mix and we have eggs in the fridge and you guys can make uh, breakfast in the morning if you want and he has one dollar pint of Ben and Jerry's which we have currently <laughs> consumed two of throughout the course of this podcast <laughs> fantastic four, four in two days yeah but we also like ice cream an unreasonable amount so there's that too I guess but <laughs> yeah but when you're when you're doing that much exercise and you're burning it all off like you get to enjoy oh god yeah that's what I, I love so much about hiking is I can eat whatever I want and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've had mac and cheese every night for the past like two weeks and it's been amazing. <laughs> okay. Knowing your stoveless situation, mm-hmm. so unless legs is giving you hot water or somehow cooking <laughs> mac and cheese, like what is this concoction? Um, so like I said, before I met legs, dinner was tortillas and peanut butter and that was it. I would eat two or, okay, so, or cold instant potatoes. I would just cold soak those because you don't have, with water. Yeah, just normal water. Or the other thing that I had recently started doing and I'm still doing is cookie mix. So (laughs) I'll get like a pound of sugar cookie mix from a store. And just mix water with it. I bought a pot for this reason. I have a pot, but I don't have a stove. And I'll mix cold water with sugar cookie mix and just eat it for dinner. Eat that for dinner. (laughs) That is a first. I got to tell you. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. horrific. (laughs) It's delicious, but not nutritious. So anyway, I still do that, but now I do it with hot water, thanks to legs. And she will have normal hot meals. Yeah, that's so. The, so the mac and cheese is is a hot meal, basically. Yes, 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 does. yes. Okay. That's true. She still begrudgingly 
hates eating hot meals for some reason. I don't want this. But I loves it I'm at a the same stove time. camper. Like I don't want to enjoy the luxury of a stove if I'm not carrying it. But you're also very insistent with your hot water. And it so. also takes about two minutes to boil. 32 ounces of and water. he has also been carrying two canisters of fuel for like 600 miles. So I've been trying to burn out the fuel by giving her hot water. Yes. So who's really... A method to the madness. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, when, 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 right before one of my family members quit, he gave me a full thing. But the giant canisters of fuel never end. Yeah. Um, so it's been good having to boil extra water. And also just see her face when she's eating warm food. Because <laughs> it's a mix of just, I'm so happy, but I want to be so mad because I now have hot food. Yep. And I'm trying to be stubborn and just cold soak the whole way. Yeah. That, that's right. I, I'm completely blaming you, Legs, for having for enjoying my meal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically. Basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so what are you eating, uh, Nick? So I... Um, Honestly, my so my favorite meals are Outdoor Pantry. They're just a small little company out of Arizona. A couple of chefs that just kind of came together, and they do some awesome, super ultralight, ridiculously, and they don't sponsor me. But, I, <laughs> I but they so should. I but they so should. I've sent them emails just hinting at it. Um, but I will plug them because they are amazing. Mm-hmm. Anytime I order something, they're like, all right, we're going to do overnight shipping or express shipping to get it to you. Um, and they are awesome. And their food is actually really amazingly good. Uh, it's freeze dried. It is freeze dried. Yeah. So they do freeze dried. Okay. Um, what's your favorite meal? Turkey and stuffing. I can hear you guys with scraping the bottom of the ice cream. <laughs> That is definitely. Oh no! The most ridiculous part of my food was I am obviously I'm sure you're familiar with the trail, and you've heard of Woods Hole. You familiar with the trail? You've heard of Woods Hole Hostel? I have actually. So I've been carrying food since then in my food bag. How many miles is that? 800 maybe. Yeah. Because I've been just in town or with fresh grounds or trail magic. And I have yet to deplete my food bag. It's remarkable. In 800 miles? In 800 miles because we're either, Oats will say I don't eat enough. Yeah, he doesn't. But it's also that, you know, (laughs) being with fresh grounds for like two and a half weeks where we were doing anywhere from 25 to 37 miles a day, just soaking up miles, but being fed three times a day. And uh, yeah, just being able to walk into town or, you know, her hiking down the trail and being like, Oh, I'm really craving a Coke. Oh, but I'm also <laughs> craving ice cream. I thought I could get a Coke float in town. Can you check the AT guide to see if we can go into town and get a Coke float? And so we would do that and then get lunch or dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you, you've been living well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. definitely whatever, but I, whatever budget I had is just blown, mm-hmm. um, which isn't a bad thing by any means. Because even with my original family with like 
the guys I was with, we had a ton of fun and it would be like, all right, we're going to be out for five days. We're not going to do anything. Two days later, we'd be in the town and whether we're just getting food real quick and heading out or a couple beers or whatever, or gophers buying us beers all night long. And then that turns into trivia night. And then that turns into, as we're walking out, the bartender's like, whoa, whoa, you can't leave. A thru-hiker just came through from last year and just bought y'all an entire round. And then we finished that round. And then <laughs> another thru-hiker happened to buy us a round. And then we zero because <laughs> another thru-hiker bought us a round. God, you were at the right um, bar. Yeah. So we've been, <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, being out early. I know we kind of touched on this earlier. Mm. has been awesome because like we were kind of the first to be seen in some of the towns right so like we had our entire tabs picked up at restaurants where we'd go to pay and the the waitress would just be like yeah someone paid for your entire meal because you were you know y'all were the first through hikers that they saw this season so they paid for everything so it's pretty cool to kind of have that happen but yeah so we've been i don't want to say living it up but been trying to have fun as well as (laughs) As, as yeah, we're not just out, lost in the woods yeah, for balancing six out months. the balancing out the misery with some fun. <laughs> yeah, you're you're living it up uh, through hiker hiker trash style. Exactly. Oh my yeah, god! Very yes. much so. We're we've fully embraced the, the, hiker, the hiker trash. trash. Yeah. I, I want to circle back to a, a question that I had, and we got completely diverted by something else. But so, what is your favorite open pantry meal? So outdoor pantry, I think. Oh, outdoor uh, pantry. Sorry. I'd probably say they're turkey and stuffing. It just. It just you were gonna give that to me the other night. Oh well, now I'm never <laughs> gonna take it. You just so, outed yourself. Yeah, I mean that's really good. They do. We tried one the other day. It was like one of their new ones. It was. Um, it was like a turkey harvest bowl with turkey, blueberries, apples, sweet potatoes, and it was just. Like, I ate it. I took the first bite, and I was like, should I be tasting, like, good, healthy food in the woods? This is weird. <laughs> and it was just really tasty. And they do, like, a – they actually do, like, a lamb um, gyro little bowl with, like – so it's, you know, like – so I'm from Pennsylvania, and we say gyro, even though it's gyro. Yeah. So it's g- gyro meat, broccoli with a little bit of ramen – and then tzatziki, like freeze-dried tzatziki. Ah, yum. And it, it, it rehydrates super quick. The bags weigh nothing. And it, it, it's just phenomenal because it tastes so good. And it's not, um, you know, that blue bag stuff. Um, House yeah. Mountain. House Mountain. Mountain. House Mountain, we'll call it. House Mountain. We'll call it House Mountain. All right. <laughs> not what it's actually called. Just the mint standard stuff. But I just love them because, like, even the last box I ordered, they sent me a picture of it because I was like, hey, I, I, you know, you did free shipping. There wasn't an option to do express shipping. I'm not sure about my timeline. And they emailed me right back, sent me a picture of the box. The UPS box could like barely be closed because they shoved so many extra like free little snacks in it. They gave me like freeze dried ice cream, these awesome coconut cookies, a couple extra meals and like 20 bucks off my next meal order. And they're just super awesome, super receptive. So they're kind of sponsoring you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I think they just treat all through hikers like I don't that. Know, like, like, they're just super awesome. Sweet. Like, they're just super great. And like, you know, I did try to like plug them or not plug. I still plug them always. But early on, I was like, 
hey, I'm giving away a bunch of your extra meals because y'all are so awesome. I'm on the trail. You should sponsor me. <laughs> and they were like, cool, awesome. But but I'll joke aside. I'll joke aside. They're a small company. They're, they're just super awesome. But I did. I gave away so many meals early on that I ordered just so people could try them, just to try to get their name out there. Because they are. Like, you you pick up their bags and they're... they're a quarter of the size of mm-hmm. some other freeze-dried meal companies. As far as the packaging goes, they're biodegradable and all that stuff. So they're a little more eco-conscious and they just taste delicious. Are they specifically catering to, to long-distance hiking or I think, I think that they was def- just an inadvertent? I would say they definitely are. Because, um, I mean, you pick up, like, even, even early on, even now, like, you know, Oats picked up a bag the other day and she's like, oh, my God, this weighs nothing. You bear it, it, it like each bag is two to three ounces. It's so light, which is but it's super light for a dinner. Calories. And when you look at the ingredients, turkey, you know, the one we had the other day, it was like the first ingredient was turkey, the second one was blueberries, then it was like apples, sweet potatoes. Um, it's and then all of the chemicals come in after no, all of the real stuff. There wasn't even really, yeah, they don't even like you know, there's not that whole list of all the other garbage that goes in it. Rad. So they do a good job at just keeping it pretty clean. So yeah, yeah so, and they're just, and they're just really look good. Look into them. Yeah, they're just a great kid. They're out of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, outdoor pantry, and yeah, I love all their meals. Like I just kind of stumbled upon them randomly. Just emailed them, ordered some stuff. Even before I left for the trip, I was just like, I emailed them and said I was doing the AT and kind of wanted to just put like a little test order together. And they had sent me some other like samples. Um, even in the box then, like every time I've ordered, they send me something and my last order, they, uh, you know, the, whoever, she, whoever packed it up, you know, she, right. She like wrote on the note, like little hearts next to what she liked. And she was like, this meal is awesome. You're going to love it. And then she was like, we love watching your trip, you know, your trip on Instagram, like keep going. You're going to get to Katad and like just little stuff like that was kind of cool. What are you guys doing sleeping wise? Sorry, this is a complete tangent from what we were just talking about, but but I know when in looking at your stuff, Nick, in your Instagram and stuff like that, you were talking about a hammock tent and things like that. How did it end up for you? Like, what did you end up using, and what are you using as well? Uh, so, so I left with my hammock tent, which is a tent that I absolutely love more than anything on earth, only because it's a normal two. Well, it's an abnormal two-person tent because it can turn into a hammock. It has an a huge footprint because it has to go up in the air and be able to support a human and have all that slack. So the first time I ever used it, it was me, my ex, her five-year-old and two great Danes inside of it. And we were fine. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> massive amount of space. Like it's ridiculous. So I ended up swapping it out actually at blood mountain, but I set it up for everyone. And everyone that was there at the cabin was like, is this real life? Like this is the biggest tent I've ever seen. Like it's just massive, but with all the straps and everything, it probably weighs between like five and six pounds. So super heavy, but I would carry it just because it's amazing. But I ended up getting an amazing deal on a Nemo uh, Hornet Elite, which is a two person tent. It weighs one pound, 10 ounces with everything, (laughs) with with the stakes, with the poles, the whole thing and it's like a great i thought it was a great one tent, one person tent with like all my gear and everything it was like great for all the room and then 
Yeah, and so it turns out to be a great two-person intent too, wouldn't you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have the REI Quarter Dome from, I think, 2017. And it's a single-person tent. It's maybe two and a half pounds. It's definitely not ultralight, but it's not super heavy. And that worked out really well for me so far, at least. And then I haven't used it in like four weeks because I've just been sleeping in like this tent. And like you said, it's a really good two-person tent. The vestibules are really big. And yeah, it fits in very comfortably. But I liked my little, my little single person. It got pretty cold on the nights when I used it. But honestly, I used it maybe three times before I met legs the entire trip. So up until mile, God, 12.50 or something, I, I had used my tent like three times. Like I, I just, I was a shelter, shelter girl. I would, uh, I would okay. shelter hop and it's just so convenient. It's so convenient because you hop in and you throw down your sleeping pad and I am a notoriously good sleeper. And so I, I have a Fitbit and I would check my sleep. And especially when it was dark from 6 to 7, 6 p.m. to 7 a.m., mm-hmm. I would be asleep for the entirety of that time. Oh, wow. I know. And so my average sleep, I think the most average sleep I've gotten for one week was like, God, 10 hours and 36 minutes or something totally ridiculous. I mean, when I met her and she didn't remember it, she came into the shelter, <laughs> she sat down, threw her sleeping pad down, ate a pizza and fell asleep before the sun came down and then was up after the sun went up, came up the next morning. <laughs> Which was like 12 hours. <laughs> was this was, yeah, this was still like the end of February, early March, if that even. Yeah, so I I love my sleep. So I, the shelters were just so convenient for that. But now that it's only dark for eight hours a night or whatever, I don't sleep as much, but I still sleep quite a bit, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crimping your style. We've been sleeping in a lot the past couple days. Like there was one day we woke up and we looked at each other and I checked my watch and it was like nine o'clock, which is a ridiculously oh, wow. late time to get on trail. Yeah, when I started, if I got on trail after... 7 a.m. like I'd be mad me too yeah definitely I was on trail by six or something yeah, ridiculous either. with your headlamp because it's still dark out yeah definitely but we're we're definitely taking it easier now but it's really cool because we realize we can do uh 20 easily we can do 20 miles in eight hours and yeah. so if you wake up at 10 you're still in camp by six oh <laughs> um, yeah and because it's dark so long, or it's light so long, you oh, don't yeah. have that issue either. Yeah. yeah. And I will circle back around just in case Nemo is listening. Because I <laughs> do, I will say every single day, I say I love my tent. Oh, yeah. Doubt. Definitely. <laughs> it's amazing. It's lightweight. It's more, definitely has way more room than I initially ex- expected. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And what are you guys using for sleeping bags? Like how... What I guess, what are you using and, and how heavy or light are they? It's funny oh that my. you ask because literally two days ago, the last time we spent the night in his tent, we realized that our sleeping bags zipped into each other. So, it's so we gross. Just, it's so gross. We, but 
our, our sleeping bag slipped in. And it was like a really cold night and he's like a radiator. And so mm-hmm. I was freezing cold. And so I could just snuggle all night in this like double sleeping bag abomination that we made. And so um, I don't even know what kind of sleeping bag I have. I am not even close to a gear junkie. I, I, do you know what kind of sleeping bag I have? It's a 20 degree it's something, 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 something. It's a marmot. But, so I, I, my sleeping bag is a, is a Kamek thylacane, which is okay. true. It's next to my spoon. It's my second favorite piece of gear. <laughs> um, it's down. The yeah, spoon so better be awesome. It's awesome. It's a folding titanium snow peak spoon. Oh my God. You should have seen him this morning when he couldn't find it. And like the shuttle was leaving at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or whatever it was. And he just could not find a spoon. It was a tragedy. But thankfully he found it. <laughs> but anyways. It was almost so, a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Almost. <laughs> um, but so Kamek, there's, again, this is my hammock tent. Um, hammock company out of Austin. They're super, and again, another incredible company. They've been great to me um, for years now with hammocks and tents and my sleeping bag. But their down bag that I have. It's fairly light, and it also has a true downliner that goes in it. So when I was on nice. Trey, when I was on Trey Mountain, and it was zero degrees, and we had like fifty to sixty mile per hour winds, and I that's in, within the first week. And I was trail. in shorts and a t- shorts and a t shirt in my sleeping bag, super comfortable, and everyone else was just freezing. Um, and I still use their bag even if it's 20 degrees without the liner and like, I'm usually kind of half in it, but it's usually steals it and I keep my feet in the soapbox. But yeah, their gear is incredible. And I actually emailed them when I was going over Roan mountain about how they should do like an ultra light line for through hiking. And she, the girl I keep in contact with Stephanie, she emailed me back and was like, we're actually launching our ultra light line on Saturday. And it was like four days from then. So now they have a hammock. They have a hammock with mm-hmm. a tarp that weighs under 20 ounces for like the whole system. And it's super awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're a great company. And that's, I've definitely like early on had a lot of people who either had the uh, quilts because, you know, ultralight quilts are the thing that are in and they were just freezing and absolutely miserable back in February and March. And I would wake up in the morning and be like, did you hear me in the middle of the night? wake up in a panic to like take my layers off because i was so hot in the middle of the night so yeah there's i've been super happy with their stuff now now the the true test is is katie's opinion of it because you sleep cold so nick you're always hot (laughs) yeah but i remember in georgia i i had a different sleeping bag so when I initially started, I had a pack and a bag that I got for Christmas on my 11th birthday when I was still in that adventure group. And so... And this is what you started the, the yeah, camp, the this, trail with? <laughs> yes. I started the trail with like 10-year-old pack and sleeping bag. And they were freaking heavy. <laughs> I'm not very big. I'm not... I'm not very tiny, but I'm not very big. And so it was like a lot for me to carry. And so when I got off with my Achilles injury, I was intending on, it was mid-March and I was intending on using my REI dividend to just get a new pack and a new bag. So I started the trail with something different, but it was still, it was a zero degree bag, 
with a liner. It was a Kelty something. I don't even remember. And and I would sleep with my two puppies, a hat, gloves, two pairs of pants, and three pairs of socks. And I would still shiver through the night. Like I was just so stinking cold. And um, currently, like this bag that I have uh, and stealing legs' bag, <laughs> those have been perfect for the uh, from the 600 mile mark on because it's just been warmer. So I don't know my opinion on cold two nights ago. That's true. Stole my bag pretty good. That's true. I did steal your bag pretty good, and that was maybe low forties. Yeah. Yeah, and so and I was wet, like I was wearing wet clothes, and I wanted them to dry during the night, and so I um, you know, you kind of like shiver through the first hour so you can get your clothes dry, but. I mean, I'm incredibly happy with the sleeping system now because I'm never cold anymore, which is awesome. (laughs) There's a lot to be said for being warm when you're sleeping. Oh, my God. Yes, (laughs) for sure. Nick, one of on one of your posts, you have this quote or this phrase, one blaze at a time. What what does that or what did that mean to you when you when you wrote it on the Instagram with the picture? So I think I think a big thing is, you know, even, you know, because I can, I can still kind of think about that. And again, like, I don't, don't try to get too deep with everything. But, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people set out on the trail and like day one, they're just like, I'm going to be at Katahdin. I'm going to get there. You know, I'm going to do this. But, you know, for me, it was just like, you know, I could have walked out of the lodge and tripped and fell and sprained an ankle. And I think for me, it was just kind of like slowing things down and just really taking it as it was like one, literally one, you know, and I, I hate to say that, you know, use that word literally since it's so popular nowadays or whatever, but like, you know, taking it just one blaze at a time, you know, when I was in the military, it was always like one evolution at a time. Don't look at that end goal of getting through training, getting to where you are in training, getting that rank, getting that rate, doing whatever. It's just, moving one blaze at a time you know you have so many people that quit you know and i know the big quote and a lot of people say like don't quit on a bad day and stuff like that yeah. but it's the same thing you know you can have a super terrible time but then 60 feet down the trail you hit another blaze and you could see one of the most beautiful sights you've ever seen or you could go across a bluff or you could turn a corner and it could be just like i have pictures where it's just complete snow covered fields with not a single track on it. And like, it's just beautiful. And if you stopped at that last blaze, you wouldn't get to see that or you wouldn't get to experience what you got to experience. So I think a big part of me was just, you know, moving just that little bit at a time and just keep moving forward and not worrying about the whole, you know, 2,192 miles, just worry about getting to that next blaze. And, you know, if it's, shitty for the next 10 to 15 blazes is what it is but if you know the two after that are amazing then it's all worth it what has been each one of your favorite or best moments or experiences on trail um favorite or best moment experience i mean all that's coming to mind is that day that uh it was the day after legs and i'm met like officially and actually like had more than just a sentence conversation randomly um and we 
woke up in town and had breakfast and then got to the trail, hiked 15 miles, uh, crossed from New Jersey into New York. So we crossed between two states and saw some amazing views, hiked with like five people, which is an immense amount of people to hike with. And then had that crazy thunderstorm that happened. We got ice cream, the trail magic, went bowling, camped at the drive-in theater. Like that day just felt like the universe was smiling at us. It just, <laughs> like the universe just decided, I'm going to make these two people as happy as I can possibly make them. And so even though there was like a crazy thunderstorm, we were like, maniacally laughing through all of it it was just such a ridiculously good day and like everyone we met that entire day was so much fun and we even played this pool game at the bowling alley where um we started and got halfway through and I was like I'm gonna go to the bathroom and I came back and there were like five children under the age of seven just like throwing pool balls into all of the holes on the pool table <laughs> and they were just like playing with it and like just looked at me and shrugged and he was like I couldn't stop them <laughs> it was just like one of those days it just worked out perfectly yeah I would say for me coming out of Pennsylvania New York New Jersey after all that crossing into Massachusetts was probably the most beautiful part of trail. It just like was misery, misery, misery. You got into like some climbs and then we just walked for miles along these waterfalls and streams and just like the most beautiful forest you've ever been. And like, I remember just looking at Oates and just being like, man, it sucks that no one, like not everyone just gets to experience this even for like a day. Cause it was just so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, so incredible to see that, especially after, like, the misery of just my home state of Pennsylvania, which was just horrible. Um, <laughs> Welcome I, home. Yeah, I mean, I just, like, <laughs> as much as I'm sure I'm going to eat these words in the next two weeks, I miss doing the climbs, just being just on flat. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was, you know, I was, I was slackbacking, doing 26 miles in six hours, just running through these open fields in Pennsylvania and whatnot, and like mm-hmm. was having fun in that respect, but like just missed the climb, missed being in the woods. And like, we just looked around that whole day and we're just like, this is so beautiful. Um, just constantly, just in the, the way the forest changed and everything. Um, and I would say that, and right before the station at 19E, back on the Tennessee, North Carolina border, there was just a part where we walked through and just, massive waterfalls and you did a portion where you actually like went out on the rocks and walked over the creek and like anything with water makes me happy (laughs) we've been talking for almost two hours at this point (laughs) oh wow good for us (laughs) good for us so i know it's kind of it's a little bit later than it is over here on the west coast for you guys but i wanted to throw it out to you is there anything you feel like uh needs to be said or should be said or or you want people to know or remember uh who are listening um i specifically want to give a shout out to any solo woman that is considering a through hike but is getting discouraged by 
people in her life that are telling her no or telling her that's not safe or that's ridiculous. So why would you do that? Because that was a lot of the feedback that I got. And specific, I am so grateful for my experience with the ATC, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, because everyone in my life that I would tell I was doing a through hike to outside of the ATC would immediately get apprehensive for me and just say, oh, my God, are you doing it alone? Oh, my God. Like, have you thought about this, this and this? And oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're doing that. And when I would tell people in the conservancy or in the trail maintaining clubs or people even just familiar with the AT, they would be incredibly supportive. Like, wow, I'm so excited for you. And just and that was just incredibly refreshing for me, getting that kind of support uh, from people that knew the trail and knew the kind of experience that I was going to have and knew that I shouldn't be afraid. And especially with the tragedy that we had earlier this year yeah. on the trail, I, I just want to give reassurance specifically to any solo women that love to hike and want to be encouraged and want to do it. Cause it's, it's really not that scary. As soon as you start, you make a family. Like I, I had a little family the night I stayed on Springer and I had a little family from then on out until I met legs. And now I have a different kind of little family. So yeah, I, I just want to shed encouragement to, to women hiking. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't let the naysayers dissuade you from doing this. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. And, and very pertinent because I, I am hearing the same type of things, maybe not to the extent of, you know, the don't do it, but yeah, the, like the very first question out of people's mouth is, and you're doing that alone. Oh my God. Even people recently, we like went to a bar the other day and legs went to the bathroom and the bartender looked at me and she was an older woman and she goes, my daughter is your age and I would never let her do this without someone like legs. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> like I get it. And you're well-intended, but <laughs> like, come on, just be encouraging. And I, I, I love legs and I love that he's here supporting me. And it makes my family feel a lot better that he's here. <laughs> and it's like, Mm-hmm. It's very sweet and I feel very safe, but I felt safe before I met legs. I felt safe before yeah. I had people checking up on me every five miles, you know? Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that beyond that, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I totally get it. Like there's, there's the fear that the people you tell have for you. And I'm sure that there's the fear of the unknown that you, and we're using the, the metaphorical you have, when you say I'm going to do this massive, huge thing and, and it's getting over that fear to go out and actually do it. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's nice to know you're never alone. You're never going to be alone yeah. on the AT. I have never stayed at a shop. We are in the early, early, early Novos. And I have mm-hmm. never stayed at a shelter by myself. I've never stayed at a campsite by myself. If you don't want to be alone, you don't have to be alone. Some people come out yeah. searching for solitude and you can find that if you want, but 
there are so many people on this trail that just want to help you have a good experience and have a good experience themselves that it's refreshing. It works out really well. And what about you, Nick? Honestly, my big thing was, uh, I guess I'd say don't, how do I want to say this? First, I'll say have more fun with it than you think you'll have. (laughs) Um, And I mean that as far as like, you know, don't necessarily follow the YouTubers and follow like the, this is exactly what you need to do to hike. You need to do this many miles a day. You need to cover this. You need to stay here. You do that. Like, just have fun with it. Like, I came into the AT knowing virtually nothing about it. Um, my initial family, uh, especially one of the guys, Shika, love him to death. And, like, he came to visit us over the weekend, and it was incredible. But he knew every restaurant to go to, every hostel to stay at. <laughs> every place to go, everywhere to get off, every, you know, shelter, all that stuff. And I just kind of was winging it and it's been fantastic. And like, you know, I don't sweat, you know, early on I was kind of like, Oh my God, we took two zeros here. We did this here. We stayed here. We did this and that, but I don't regret any of it. I don't regret a single zero I've taken. Um, My initial, I was supposed to leave February 1st to be done June 6th. And then when I changed that schedule and didn't have like a uh, timeline, it just changed my whole hike. And I know that's not an option for everyone to not have a timeline. Um, But if you can do it a little more flexible and just not be so stressed about, oh, I did 15 miles today when I was supposed to do 17. Or, hey, we're in a cool town that's super cute or everyone's super fun here, amazing. We love the fossil and you take a zero you know, don't, don't worry about it and just have fun and just enjoy it for what it is as far as not necessarily just being a through hike, but an experience altogether. Like we were sitting here in Vermont today, having lunch on a balcony over top of a Creek and neither one of us have been to Vermont ever and just enjoying it. And like, that's just a part of the trip. It's not necessarily part of the through hike, but it's a part of the whole adventure itself. And just to kind of take it all in, not just like I said, not just as a through hike, but as the entire um, experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, and I think that's a huge one is of giving yourself permission to enjoy it. It doesn't have to be this slog. It doesn't have to be this job. It doesn't have to be X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. Like, you can have more than that. Well, I think, yeah, and then, you know, she didn't, I don't think she really touched on it, but I would said it the best. She's like, everyone says like the eight, you know, hiking the AT is your job. Like you wake up nine to five, you hike and you're done. And she's like, I don't feel like that. I feel bad sometimes. Cause like I start at 10 and I end at four some days or I stay in town and yeah. beer and play pool. My, my favorite thing to tell people when they're like, Oh my God, what an accomplishment. I'm like, my job is to walk. In some days, I don't even do that. I just, I just walk. Like you just follow the blazes. And I got that from uh, one of my exes who threw hikes in 2015. Um, and when I was talking to him and I was getting really pumped about my hike, he was like, I asked him why he did it. And he was like, well, I was being lazy. I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I didn't want to 
get a career yet. Like I didn't want to apply to college. I didn't want to do anything yet. And so I decided to through hike (laughs) walk in a straight line for six months. And that was just something that I didn't understand what he meant until I started the trail. But yeah, you get up and you walk. And sometimes you don't do that. And that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Not to just actually it's anyone else, but No, it was so, what's so, as you, when you guys were talking through this, all of a sudden, like this lightning bolt into my head was like, because we keep talking about your job is to walk, your job is to hike, your job, your job, your job. And I was, and all of a sudden into my head came this thing of, what about if you reword what your job is? Your job isn't to hike, your job is to live, to exactly. experience. Exactly. And hiking is just a part of that. Uh-huh. And that's yeah. kind of what I, that's kind of what, like, I guess what you, you put my whole jumbled sentence, my whole jumbled mess into a, a perfect <laughs> sentence because that's what it is. Like, you know, you leave, you know, you get to Georgia and you're like, oh my, like I have 2,200 miles to go. And it took me a good couple hundred miles to be like, there's a lot of miles, but there's a lot of fun to be had along these miles. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not necessarily that job of like, waking up a day, you know, hiking, doing these miles, doing this and that. Like, you can have a lot of fun, you know, throughout the trail. Um, and it's definitely more of an experience than just a job of through hiking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that you think about it is also the way that you treat it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, distracted myself for there for a second. In, in deep thoughts, but <laughs> where where can people find you or where would you like people to find you to follow your continuing adventures or if they have questions that they want to follow up with you on? I guess my Instagram, Mosspetal, M-O-S-S-P-E-T-A-L, which is like a name that I've made up in now I was 10. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my go-to. Yeah, same thing for me. My Instagram is do no harm. Um, no as in K-N-O-W. And yeah, I mean, we're planning on doing the PCT together next year. If we can stand each other for another 500 miles of this trail. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> and yeah, my, my plan's just to go back to Pennsylvania and, you know, my family, we own restaurants and just dehydrating and freeze drying all our meals for the PCT to mm-hmm. kind of knock out that budget. And kind of experiment with that and hopefully be, you know, triple crown in the next two years. Yeah. Same. Good goal. Except I'm going back to Asheville, working a couple rock shows. I'm a geology major, so I travel the country and work okay. rock and mineral shows. So I'll probably be doing that until PCT 2020. <laughs> nice. Hopefully I'll see you guys out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for, uh, I don't know if I was specifically the reason that you guys decided to stay in town longer, but I certainly enjoyed the fact that you did. You kind of were. Yeah, you definitely were an influence <laughs> on it, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun talking to you. This has been a blast, actually, <laughs> getting you guys kind of sort of live in the moment. Right. Yeah. So so thank you for hanging around town for me. Absolutely. And thank you for, your, yeah, for hanging out with us for, what, two hours now? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's past Tiger Midnight. Oh my God, it's so far past my bedtime. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs>
right. And you don't even sound tired yet. Anyway. It's the ice cream. It's the ice cream. It's exactly. Yeah. The sugar coursing through your blood. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so thank you guys again. And, uh, Good luck on the rest of the trail. And I definitely, I hope to see you guys out on uh, the PCT next year. All right, sounds great. Thank awesome, you again. Yeah. Show notes and links for Katie and Nick's gear can be found on our website at hiking-through.com. Special thanks to Katie and Nick for sharing their stories from the trail and Maya Wynn for the use of the song Try Again. If you have through hiking adventures to share, we'd love to hear them. Please email me at hikingthroughpodcast at gmail.com or you can also DM me on Instagram at hikingthroughpodcast. We would also love it if you would find us on your favorite podcast provider and leave a review. I'll see you on the trail.